Hello. Howdy, it's Keith. Oh, hi. Hi, I wasn't sure if you'd be home or not, but I was passing by a phone, so I thought I'd give you a ring. Well, it's great to hear from you. Yeah, I figured, uh, I mean, that last podcast we did was crazy long. <laughs> it was like two hours or something. So I was thinking <laughs> probably just do a quick one today, if that's cool with you. Although, I mean, who knows? We'll just let it go wherever it goes, but... I'm cleaning out the big bedroom, uh, and my good God, the books that I'm finding. Holy. Yeah? Like... I found the witch's handbook. Do you remember that? Mm, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> it was a kid's book. I've got more kid's books than you can shake a stick at. Yeah, no, that one. Uh, I don't remember that one. I mean, maybe if I saw it, I would. Yeah, I, I think there's a whole lot of books in there. I'm sure if you saw them, you'd say, oh, yeah, that thing. I remember that. Anyway, what a dusty old room. Holy shit. Which, uh, like, which room is that? I mean, there's so many rooms. That's the big room, the big room uh, that faces Union Street. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there's all and kinds there's of stuff. enough toys in there. My God, I could open up a, a toy shop. Yeah, I even remember last time I was home, I took some pictures of random old toys that I found that I remembered from being a kid of just, like, there's these things, I think they were called Mad Balls, but they were just bouncy rubber balls with ugly faces on them. But I didn't oh, find... Oh, yeah. But I didn't even find one of those. I found a pair of knee pads that had the, that design on it. And I'm like, dude, like, that is some weird late 80s nostalgia shit, like... Like, what was that? That was, like, for one of those brief moments, that was really popular for some reason. These Just these balls with gross faces on them. I don't know why. Yeah, it was really, really brief. I mean, they didn't do anything, those. Yeah, I mean, none of that stuff did anything. I don't know. Garbage pail kids and just all this weird crap. I don't know. It's neat in a way, though, to actually find something from back then that stayed back then. Like, everything else is back, you know? The Transformers and He-Man and Ninja Turtles and all of this fucking crap. <laughs> like, I feel well, like... if you ever want to do a trip down memory lane, you just hit that room. It's really weird, too. Like, G.I. Joe, they have movies of that now. Like, I think it's just that everybody from my generation, like, now they're in their 30s and they're having kids and stuff. So, it's like the easy marketing. It's like, well, you know, these guys will all bring their kids because they remembered liking Transformers and G.I. Joe, and then the kids will like it because whatever, the kids just like whatever. But it's really, it's like critical mass now. It's crazy. It's like That's exactly what it is. It's like a trip, it's like going, going full circle, trip down memory lane for you guys. Because yeah. you're all of that age now that you kind of uh, remember that you enjoyed those things, so you presume your kids will too. I remember too, I mean, it's like back when I was a projectionist, so like 2005, 6, 7, whenever that was, 6 and 7 I guess, that uh, they had these really brief little trailers for the Transformers movie. Like it didn't really show anything, it was really just that there was going to be a Transformers movie. And being up in that projection booth by myself all day, like it got a little weird because, you know, I saw people briefly, like at mid-shift and end of the shift, but most of the day I was just there by myself. So I just remember it was this day that I was like sitting on a, an old milk crate up there just watching through the little porthole the first time I saw the little trailer for that Transformers thing. And I do remember like it kind of like choked me up a little. Like I even remember thinking at the time like this is really sad and weird. <laughs> like that. I'm, but just that there was yeah. a Transformers movie and I was like oh, it's got to just be because I'm turning into a hermit up here. But, but it seems so cool that like that stuff from being a kid was coming back. But then the harsh reality was, like, that movie was so bad I didn't even finish it because, I, I, again, I worked at the theater, so I just watched, like, three-quarters of it and was like, this is awful, and I just never watched the end of it. And since then, they've made three more, and from what I hear, they just keep getting worse. And it's like, oh, they should have just let it die. And same thing with G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles. Like, everybody says all this stuff's bad, but 
after I got burned that first time, I was like, you know what? I'm leaving this in the past. <laughs> like, that's good for me. So how did you spend New Year's? Uh, yeah, so, well, I guess uh, I've got, I've got like a couple of dumb stories and one kind of okay story. But, uh, uh, well, first off, I mean, just before I get into Christmas and New Year's, this was kind of a bummer. Is uh, Do you remember the, I don't know if you ever saw it, but there was this 80s teen movie called Heathers with Winona Ryder in it? Yes. Yes, I remember Heather's. Yeah, where like they, uh, like Christian Slater kills one of the kids in their class, and they realize that if they write a suicide note, they can get away with it. And then he does that a couple more times, and she has to stop him at the end. Like it's pretty, pretty creepy. I don't even think, with uh, school shootings and stuff in America, like I don't even think they could make that movie anymore. But back then, it was it was cool. <laughs> so they're doing a Heather's musical. Which is just like, I don't even know how that could possibly work. That's nonsense. But, I mean, I really liked Heather's, so yeah, like, I'll go to the Heather's musical. But I didn't want to go by myself, so I bought, like, a big row of tickets. Because they're only, like, you know, it was pretty cheap. So I just bought a whole ton and was just roping people from the coffee shop into going, basically. Even though most of them never saw Heather's. They didn't even know what it is. But they're like, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll go to this thing. And, uh, because, you know, I just didn't want to go by myself because that seemed weird <laughs> to go to a Heather's musical at all. But then just by myself, I was like, I got I need a posse. But, you know, my posse's all in Toronto. So I was pretty proud of myself that I managed to rope together, like, seven other people to come to this stupid thing. And, uh, and then I found out that, uh, like, they were for, like, the first day, but they had all these tech problems. And they had to move the first day back. So today is the first day. But they tried to get in touch with people that bought tickets, and I don't know. I think it's something wrong with the voicemail on my phone, but I never got the message. So, so that was pretty crappy. As I was all like, "Yeah, I managed to get all these people that you know I know a bit, but I don't really know them that well." Got them all on board for this thing, and then they were all like on their way before I found out that I had to get the tickets changed. I had to like text everybody and send people back, or some people were already there, and it's just like, oh man, like as, as a party planner big big time failure and it wasn't really my fault but it still totally sucked but i've got it reset now for like next week and everything should be fine but yeah that was kind and everybody's of game to, to to go again yeah it seems like it should be okay but uh and i mean really it's like oh well so you had to you know you were on a bus for 10 minutes and then you had to just turn around and go back home like it didn't really put anybody out that much but but I still, it was such a, a whiplash effect of like, I was like, wow, like this is a Toronto level posse. How did I manage to, to get this going? And like, I was pretty proud of myself. And then it was just like, oh, I just made everyone's night a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, that sucks. Well, what would have been worse is if they had canceled and you couldn't have gotten your, you couldn't have rescheduled and you would have lost the money. You wouldn't have seen the show. Yeah, it certainly could have been worse. Yeah, and it was actually a pretty nice day out. It wasn't like freezing rain or anything. Man, I was just thinking about that though. Like, I mean, obviously we're in the winter weather in Vancouver, but it really is like worst case scenario here is still so good. Like, I don't even have a winter hat and... And I've got... You had a little earthquake out there. Yeah, I heard about that, but I totally missed it. I don't know how. I think I was on the SkyTrain when it happened is the only thing I can figure. Because I was, like, riding the SkyTrain for no reason. Like, sometimes if I'm on the train and I'm, uh, I've got my little phone out and I'm, like, editing something, basically where I get off at Broadway and Commercial, it's, it's where, like, two different trains stop. So if I'm like in the middle of writing something and I'm working on some editing and so I'm already listening to music, I'm sitting on this train. It's almost like a little moving office building. So sometimes I just ride it around the loop because it'll end up back where I need to be anyway in like half an hour. So that's what I was doing that day. I was just riding the train for no reason. 
and then I get back home and go on Facebook and everyone's talking about this earthquake. So I think, and I was disappointed because I've never felt an earthquake. It sounded super cool. But I think because I was on a rumbly train, I didn't notice it. I remember there being one here. Uh, it, it wasn't in Fredericton itself. It was somewhere in the, the central part of the province. And it was a Saturday morning and I went in the bathroom and the water in the toilet bowl was shaking. Right. And uh, the good things didn't knock off walls or anything like that. It was, I don't know, 4.5 on the Richter scale, and that was in the middle of Mount Carlton or someplace like that. But we had a little bit of the aftershock here. And that's all I remembered. It was like, a, you know, and you kind of had the, I don't think the room was shaking, but you had the sensation that it was when you saw this water in the toilet bowl kind of like, <laughs> and I was saying, no, man, that's kind of freaky. And then later I heard, well, I knew what it was, but then later I heard that, uh, yeah, there had been an earthquake about maybe 250 miles from here. Yeah, I heard that's uh, very similar to what happened here. Like, it was a four-point something. I don't know what. Although I heard that each point on that scale is, like, massively worse. Like, it really gets bad fast. But, yeah, I heard this one, like, yeah, not, like people could see walls shaking, apparently, but that's as bad as it got. Yeah, I heard that on the news. But you know what? You're in an earthquake fault. Yeah, so, hey, maybe I'll get there, another one. So you got to... I hope there's a huge one. It'd be awesome. <laughs> like, well, I, I just want, I just want crazy. Well, shit not if you're in the middle of it. Yeah, the well, earth opens up and sucks you in. Well, I guess that'd be a little much, but uh, yeah. So no, I totally missed it. Missed out on the earthquake. But I mean, I kind of get the sense like uh, there was a lot of news stories in Toronto about the um, how the subway was deteriorating. So people that lived near the subway, like every time a train went by, it made like all their plates shake and it seemed like that was it that's about as bad as this was it's like a train going by but for everyone everywhere which is pretty pretty crazy well it's always big news when it happens out there anyway because i mean they've had some bad ones i remember one uh, there was one in 1964 in alaska and the earth actually did open up and yeah. houses go in and bridges, uh, bridges uh, collapsed, and it, it, it's quite a dramatic one. If you ever have a chance to go online, you just punch in Alaska earthquake, 1964, and it's dramatic. Yeah, I guess that would be, yeah, like, I would like to feel an earthquake, but yeah, I guess not not to the point that it's killing people, obviously. Yeah, yeah and see, because it's right in, and, and it's, you know, that fault line goes, right, that's the San Andreas Fault that's down in uh, California. Right. In San Fran- when the, San, the big San Francisco earthquake in 1906, see? that was huge and it's all it's all in that fault line it goes right up the coast yeah bill hicks goes right through vancouver bill hicks had this joke he would always do about how much he hated la and he can't wait for the fault line to just like drop the whole west coast into the ocean and then it'll just be arizona bay (laughs) but uh uh yeah so uh what was your christmas like anything special happen nah same old usual crap worked right up until christmas day and then uh well we we uh just cooked the pork and cooked a piece of pork instead of having a turkey had a really interesting christmas tree the last couple of years i've just put up our tree and i've had birds on it nothing else so this year i had a a little parrot that uh, when you'd walk by him he'd start singing at you right so at first when we put him on the tree you'd walk into the room and he'd sing and then he stopped singing. Then he'd do things like if you turned on the Christmas lights, he'd sing. And if you turned off the Christmas lights, he'd sing. And then if you turned on the light in the living room, then then that stopped. Then uh, he put on the light in the living room, and he'd sing. So he was obviously light generated. Right. 
But he's kind of cool because you know, right out of nowhere he starts singing. So the other day I was upstairs, and I don't know if it was the sun or clouds moving in front of the well, whatever, but he was down there singing his little heart out. There was nobody in the room. He's, it, it's it's a motion it's supposed to be motion censored. As you got close, he would your movement would cause him to to uh, sing. But I could go down there tonight, and he wouldn't sing at all. But yet this day I was upstairs and eh, singing, singing, singing. So something must have been moving outside that was causing it. Anyway, it's kind of a cool little tree. But, uh, geez, we only put the Christmas lights on about three times, and now it's time to shake the tree down and put it away. Yeah, it is kind of, a lot, uh, kind of a lot of work. Christmas really is kind of like, uh, definitely seems like it's more of a thing for kids. Yeah, as an adult, it's kind of a lot of work for just a, just a weird little thing. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not really Christmas-related, but, man, I remember that was like this weird moment because I never really was a sports guy you know I never really got into that stuff I just like dumb wrestling and stuff but uh me and other Keith in Toronto his niece was doing like a peewee hockey game or something so uh and nobody else wanted to go so I went with them just to watch this kids hockey game and man it was like I suddenly kind of understood I was like oh wait a minute sports are supposed to be for little kids <laughs> not for like grown-ups to get all upset because their stupid sports team lost like that's what's obnoxious about it and yeah it's like oh now i kind of get it it's like yeah christmas and transformers and uh sports <laughs> like all this shit's just for kids probably wrestling too yeah. that's my own yeah. fault for watching that well the big talk everybody was going on about here is there's a jerry seinfeld ep- episode of festivus it's called oh yeah sure the the airing of the grievances is one yeah, of the things. Yeah, well, they, there's a, you don't have a Christmas tree. Right. You just have a pole, and, and it's for all these non-believers and the, everything else. The people feats, are really... The feats of strength. Um, sarcastic about Christmas and everything, so you have Festivus instead. It was, um, what's his name? His father. Yeah, George's um, father. George's father who pushed it. Well, there was more talk about Festivus this year. I don't know. It, it suddenly has become a big thing that people will celebrate that instead of Christmas itself. I myself was thinking, oh, that sounds like it's a better plan than all this Christmas Yahoo crap. Yeah, it's not so bad. You know that guy, uh, Ben's, I mean, um, George's father in that show? I found out that that guy, he's Jerry Stiller. He's Ben Stiller's real-life dad. Yes, he is. I just thought that was weird because I never really was a fan of Ben Stiller. It must be weird when your dad is, like, way funnier than you. Not only (laughs) his mother is, um, she's an actress. Um... Uh, comedian, comedian, but but she they, they they both acted together, and they acted as a couple. They had a TV show. Uh, ben Stiller would would have been only a little small child when they were producing. When they were that that show was in the 1970s. Um, I forget her name. I was they were so um, I didn't know that. So yeah, so they were like a duo before. Yeah, yeah, and she at the time was just as famous as uh, as. Uh, Whoever, whatever Jerry, uh, whatever. Is his name Jerry Stiller? Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Stiller, yeah. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry Stiller. They're Both of them were equally famous. Man, that's like... I a, can't remember her name right now. I can't. And then he, and then they kind of died out. And then he came back. Well, when, when he got on Seinfeld, he had a comeback. But people of my generation knew who he was long... Like, you guys just saw, knew him as George's father. But, yeah, he had a whole other life before that. That's like, uh, I, I, maybe you'll know the names, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was this really famous, like, guy-girl duo, I think they were married, 
that was like black and white times where they started on the radio and then went to black and white and I watched a bunch of their stuff on YouTube and it was real funny but I can't remember their names it's not Light of Lucy no but it'll be kind Cuba of and Dizzy Arnaz. it was like probably maybe even before that but yeah I can't think of their names but but I was surprised because uh, comedy is one of those things that doesn't really age well you know you watch stuff from 70s or even the 80s sometimes and you're like wow this isn't funny anymore <laughs> but uh oh it's not uh, jackie gleason and uh audrey meadows jackie gleason show i don't think that's the one i'm thinking of i guess there were a bunch though right like that was like oh, uh, oh that was quite the thing at the time too uh like in the 50s when tv was first starting there was a whole lot of those uh couples and some of them were married like the stillers oh it was george and, uh, george burns was the guy Burns oh, uh, George uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, some of their stuff yeah, is yeah. really good. Oh, yeah, that would be even be earlier, but it, well, but into the 50s, too. Yeah, because a lot of it was radio, like when I looked up yeah. the stuff. And they made a lot of movies together in the, I'm going to say the late 30s and the early 40s. They were, they were, they were quite a famous couple, and I think they, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were married to one another. But then so was Lucia Ball and Desi Arnaz, and so were the Stillers, and, oh, God, if I thought about it, there's probably even a couple more. Yeah, like, that's weird, too, because, like, uh, I don't even know how I knew George Burns, but what I did know of him, you know, he's just a very, very old man who <laughs> always had a cigar. Like, that's all I knew of him. And then, yeah, it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's how he became the old man that everyone knew <laughs> is because he had this whole other career before that. Yeah, and even as a young man, that, that cigar was his trademark. Right. Because you can see some of those old movies, and he's got, I don't know, he's the man's probably about 35 to 40, and he's got really black, black hair, and he's quite slender, and, and he's he's always walking around with that cigar. Yeah, it was nice in a way, because, yeah, it was like, uh, especially, I guess, kind of ties in with just how not only are there so many movies that are based on old properties and bring them back Ghostbusters or bring them back whatever, is like everything is a sequel like there's so little originality and like we really are and i think like the internet almost made it worse of like a really bland time for just like pop culture it's just really really bland so it's neat to watch some of that old stuff and be like man this is pretty sharp like maybe people weren't so dumb <laughs> as you know back then all right so there we talked about christmas so what happened with new year's oh yeah well i'll tell you my christmas too so my christmas uh totally sucked so my thinking was Either I could just, you know, spend Christmas wandering around doing nothing, or I could just work at the stupid coffee shop. So I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll just work at the coffee shop. And, uh, you know, at least I'll be hanging out with people and stuff. And uh, I don't think I'll be doing that anymore. (laughs) No more working on Christmas. Because I got, like, paid a little more, but not a ton more. And uh, and it was just, like, shockingly busy, just because nothing else was open anywhere. And uh, a lot of it was just, like, foreign exchange students that give no shits about Christmas and, like, we have like nine different varieties of cheesecake and it's a real pain in the dick to even cut one piece of cheesecake because we kind of don't have like a proper, you know, like an ice cream parlor or something. They'll have like their own little sink and the water's just running all the time to keep the scoops like ready to go. We don't have that. So I got to like go over to the stupid espresso machine and rinse off this knife every time. This, this girl comes in and orders. It took forever for us to figure out what she wanted because her English was really bad. And she ordered two pieces of each kind of cheesecake. So it's like, what is that, like 18 pieces of cake, cheesecake? And I got to cut all of them and put them in these to-go containers. And I was just thinking, like, lady, 
it's fucking Christmas. <laughs> you know, give me a break. Could you do this some other day at least? Like, yeah, get the hell home and get yourself a piece of mince meat pie or apple pie or something Christmassy. Yeah, ridiculous. And uh, and and it was kind of a downer too because like the guy that owns the coffee shop, he seems all right. And I don't know. Somebody was giving me a big pro the boss speech the other day about how good he is about uh, like helping people get you know if they're trying to get visas to come into Canada because he's from Israel so I guess he's like you know the plight of the immigrant and he always tries to help them and stuff but but we, we figured out like like I finally had a bunch of days off leading up to Christmas and I was like oh this is awesome finally they're listening to me that I want to work less and like this is great but then talking to the other people that were working on Christmas, we realized like this one girl asked for a bunch of days leading up to Christmas and didn't get them, but then had to work on Christmas. And we found out, or we would piece together basically that it's because if you work more than 15 days of you know the previous month or whatever, and you work Christmas, you're considered full time. And that's when you get like the crazy double and a half, like super Christmas rates for working on Christmas. So he just really didn't want to pay anybody that. So he's like, you know, and and I was, I was fine with it because I don't want to work, but just to jerk around this other girl that much, you know, she's on Christmas break. She's like, all right, now I'm going to work and save up some money. But she, she doesn't get the hours, but then she still has to work on Christmas to just get paid less and it's like dude you fucking suck <laughs> like i hate when people are so petty about money like that it's like if you want to be open on christmas then you should pay people to be open on christmas or fucking close this store what a dick yeah so that was a downer as we were as we were piecing that together it's like that didn't help anyone's christmas spirit it's uh yeah i don't know and i guess i guess it probably i mean i guess double time and a half it is a lot of money if i was some guy running a business i would probably be that way too but but it sucks. <laughs> it's just it just makes everybody unhappy to be there on Christmas of all days. So but then it, what happened with New Year's? Uh, also, wait, I got one more dumb story before we get to New Year's. Uh, also about people being petty about money and Christmas. This one, do you remember I told you about this guy that lives in my building that I immediately decided I didn't like because he told me not to pee with the door? like open a crack (laughs) yeah and he's like yeah like this wannabe actor guy and he's just uh just a high maintenance he's the same reason why i decided not to put my phone number on the fridge you know in any kind of a sign of uh friendliness toward my fellow lodgers because i just knew it would be him if anyone that would be sending me annoying texts about bullshit so uh also i don't you know like i just i don't use the kitchen i just don't have groceries i just whatever i just eat out in the city so on Christmas Day of all days, this guy leaves a note on the table that is like, I hate to have to bring this up, on Christmas of all days, like he just had to though, there's no no question. I believe there's been some misunderstanding about who pays for hand soap or dish soap and uh, paper towels. Those are not supplied by the landlord. I supply the, those are, you know, that's my dish soap and my paper towels. So if anyone wants to use them, please slide $5 under the door at the beginning of the month or buy your own. And um, it wasn't me. I didn't touch that shit because I don't even use the kitchen. But I was like, 
You petty little bitch. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding? Your precious dish soap and your fucking paper towels. Like, what I wanted to do, except there's no way to do this without it also being equally passive aggressive and, uh, you know, um, insulting to him. I just wanted to go spend 40 bucks and buy him a goddamn stack of that shit and just stack it up and be like, here you go. Are you happy now? Everyone's got dish soap and fucking paper towels so you don't have to leave notes on Christmas Day because people are using your dish soap. I fucking hate that guy. What a little shithead. Well, geez, and I tell you, five dollars would buy one hell of a lot of dish soap. Yeah, right? It's like, it's not like, that's the thing too, is like for like, even for 20 bucks, I could like give them practically a year's supply. It's not expensive stuff. And uh, I don't know, man, stuff like that just kills me. It's like, like for that tiny amount of money to just cause any level of discord, you know? Like, how is it not more valuable to be friends with the people that you live with, you know? And just to not have them behind your back thinking that you suck, <laughs> you know? Well, I just besides, don't if you understand. feel that way about it, take your dish soap and each time that uh, you use it, take it back to your room. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of... you don't want anybody else to use it. And I kind of feel that way about, like, my boss with the Christmas thing. Like, it's more money on the line for him. But it's like, how is it worth it, you know? If you go through your whole year of whatever amount of money it cost you to pay people for Christmas or because someone used a bit of your stupid fucking dish soap, you know, like, how is it worth that for the discord and just to have people not like you and not want to be there and not want to be around you? Like, it's just... I, I think that's so crazy. I mean, that. I mean, I guess I have a lax attitude toward money in general, but come on, you know, <laughs> like unfucking believable. Yeah, that that thing well, that just killed me. I, I mean, I can. Well, I'm, I'm gonna sympathize with them a little bit because I know down at work, uh, we we were putting toilet paper in the bathroom, and the people from upstairs were coming down using all our toilet paper and filling the toilet. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And Patty was bringing a lot of it. So I said, you know what? That's not right. So clients would come in, and we'd say, oh, here's a roll of toilet paper. You'll probably need it. And then we go in and take it out of the washroom because I figure, you know what? I'm not supplying it for those characters. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, that I think is different, too, because that is what I do, too. Like, all my stuff, just, just whatever, my, you know, toothpaste and just whatever stupid crap. Like, I just keep it in my room. And when I need it, I just take it with me to the bathroom. Like, I, I do that, too. I think that's fine. <laughs> It's not leaving a note on Christmas <laughs> about your dish soap. Like, I don't know. To me, that's like, that's practically being mentally unwell. Like, what? Where, where is your social barometer to let you know that Christmas Day is maybe not the time to bring this up and maybe never is the time to bring this up? <laughs> you know, because it is yeah, so that's petty. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's, and it's just kind of the buildup of just like, it's guy, it's always some weird little thing with this guy. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> you know? um, so anyway, yeah, that was... Uh, so that's my Christmas money gripes. But New Year's was great, so that's good. <laughs> like, this is where things kind of pick up. Is it turned out to be really cool. Is uh, So Doug, the guy that got me the job at the coffee shop, he was going to have... Uh, like, he just got a new apartment. So he was going to have, like, a housewarming thing on New Year's. But he lives in New Westminster, which is... Uh, it's like two towns over. You can get there on the SkyTrain, but, you know, it's it's a little ways. And it's actually really nice out there. I like it a lot. But uh, people just kept kind of dropping out one by one, and they just kind of didn't want to go. So kind of the last second, like on New Year's Eve afternoon, uh, 
we switch things up instead so there's this guy connor who's the only other guy it's me doug and connor who work at this coffee shop and connor's this guy from ireland who's really good really cool i get along with him really well and uh like i keep like we we keep uh just talking about stuff and it's amazing the references that we both know like he knows bill hicks the comedian or uh there's this youtube guy elliot hulse he's just like an exercise workout guy that i started watching because he just says all kinds of great shit and he's really awesome and connor knew him and i was like that's fucking amazing (laughs) like wow so uh so connor's cool is what i'm trying to say and connor lived here and then he moved back to ireland and then has moved back you know to vancouver so he's in this weird situation where he lives in an awesome building like this really great building downtown but his little room is like the saddest it's like a harry potter under the stairs room (laughs) like it is so little and has no window and just this tiny little bed and like it makes my crappy room look awesome my room's like two and a half times bigger than this guy's room and my room sucks so uh so he's in this weird situation where he's got this terrible room but an amazing place so a few of us, I don't know, five or six people, we went to his place for New Year's Eve. So it's, I don't know, probably like sixth floor in this building. And Vancouver has very few tall buildings. And this building, it's right next to False Creek and Science World. So everything around it is uh, is either very short buildings or water and like where the stadium is. So it's this view from this apartment where you can see out across the whole city. Like it's the craziest, best view because there's no other tall buildings. Like it's the the n- nearest one to to the uh, to the water and the city. So we just hung out there and it was super fun and cool and it was a really awesome place. And then at midnight they turned off the lights in the apartment and we could just see all the different not only just like the main fireworks but the fireworks that different neighborhoods were setting off because we could just see everything. And it was nice. fucking so cool. Yeah, it felt like and we were just, you know, somebody's playing music. And it's one of those moments where you feel like you're in a movie a little bit. Like, uh, it reminded me of, I went to this birthday party in New York of these these three gay guys that Ian knew. That there was like a, a young gay guy, an older gay guy, and a middle gay guy. And they were in this weird triple relationship. And I guess at the time they were sort of edging out the middle gay guy. But they called them like, you know, baby bear, mama bear, and papa bear. And they lived in this building right down, like, in the financial district, like, near where Ground Zero is. And I remember, like, being on their rooftop, looking out at New York at night, and I'm like, you know, just that feeling of, like, how am I even here? Like, how did I get here? (laughs) How did I end up in New York on a rooftop? That's kind of how I felt on New Year's here. It's, like, one of those moments where I'm really glad I didn't just keep bumming around Toronto or whatever. Like, I'm glad that I picked up my stuff and dusted off my britches and came out to vancouver because now i'm in this weird apartment with these people that other than doug i didn't even know before tonight and we're watching the fireworks and it's just like the coolest it was really really cool so 10 thumbs up for new year's well good i'm glad you rang in 2016 with such a aplomb yeah it was nice because yeah other than that holidays were a little bit of a drag but they all ended very nicely I spent New Year's driving Daniel to the airport to pick up his girlfriend, mm-hmm. who was flying in from California. Right. Daniel tells me it's uh, tells me that she's coming in at quarter to twelve. I say, yeah, okay. Well, you know what? Maybe around eleven um, thirty we'll go down there. And shows up at eleven. Oh God, quarter to eleven. It was, I was gone like two hours to go to the airport. It was a beautiful night, though. I gotta say, the weather was great. So. 
Anyway, I didn't even know he was going to come. He had mentioned it to me, hey. and then... Did you uh, buy your shirt? Oh, just, just one sec. D just hold on one sec. Oh, the, uh, the Luke shirt? The, the Luke Zion yeah, shirt. It's, uh, it's, you got to go on Etsy. It's an Etsy thing. And oh then my you gosh, can get them, I like, want it so bad. Screen printed. It's really good, right? Yeah, what, did you cool? watch the show, though? Oh, yeah, of course. I don't okay, just wear a Luke on. shirt. Come on. Chris <laughs> or Luke? Uh, I mean Luke. I mean, wearing a Luke shirt. Come on. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? I like Luke as a person, but I think Lorelai should have ended up with Chris. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Family togetherness and stuff. Yeah. Sure, right? Cool. All right. Thank you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry, somebody just asked me about my Gilmore Girls shirt. I just had to tell her where I got it. <laughs> that's the second time that's happened. It happened out on the beach one time, too. <laughs> so anyway, my car's in the garage. I went to pull it out. Neil had his vehicle parked in the driveway, and I didn't want to hit him, so I creamed into the side of the garage, cut my mirror caught into the thing of the garage door. I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to start off great. Anyway, we got all that straightened around. Head on down to the airport. My God, I'm there a good 40 minutes before the plane's coming in. And Daniel's all anxious, you know. <laughs> I said, Daniel, we're going to be there like 20 minutes. I mean, this is Fredericton, for heaven's sake. You only have to be there, like, just as the plane arrives. Right. So anyway, we're there 40 minutes before, so he goes in and he waits. I said, I'm going to sit out here and listen to the radio. So that's how I spent New Year's Eve, waiting for the plane to come in. And it was right on time. And then uh, drove them back into Fredericton. And then I came home. It was quarter to one. So if there was any fireworks and stuff going on up here, I didn't see them. I actually forgot that people even do fireworks on New Year's until they started happening here in Vancouver. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I don't know that even if they did them here, because I never heard anybody say anything about it. But it was beautiful, beautiful weather. And there were more people walking. Like, it was, we also say it was quarter to one when I was driving back home, going across the St. John River on the bridge. And there were so many people downtown, but you could tell from the way they were walking that they were walking, like, going up to the hill and at a quarter to one they must have just been downtown to some bars rang in the new year had a drink or two and then we're heading on home yeah i was thinking too like even here in vancouver it felt weirdly empty on new year's like i mean yes yeah, so, i mean there must not be a ton going on in fredericton but uh yeah i don't know it's weird like my my idea of what a busy city is like ever since new york like everything else is not busy People celebrate, uh, they, they don't seem to celebrate uh, New Year's around here like they used to. Now, maybe a bunch of young people do, because as I say, there were a whole lot of people walking downtown. But they used to have uh, the big first night celebrations here. That went on for about, God, maybe 10 years, where you could go to all these venues through uh, on, on New Year's Eve night. Like, they'd have something at the Playhouse, and then there'd be maybe something at the Christchurch Cathedral, and then you could walk on down to a couple of bars, and there'd be... Uh, music and stuff going on there and it was more very family orientated um, but I think that there were some years that the weather was so bad and the roads were icy and you know people just stopped uh, doing those things and if it was really cold it was too cold to be out like walking from one venue to another well yeah New Year's um, so it's kind of a, died out. New Year's is kind of a lot of work is kind of the, the feeling I got this year is <laughs> like yeah it's like you gotta stay up till midnight it's the middle of the dang winter it's probably on a weird day of the week like yeah it's it's an easy one to skip I'd say of all the holiday type stuff yeah it's easier just to stay at home in your nice comfortable warm house turn on the TV and watch somebody uh, have, have their fireworks and if you want to do it earlier you just watch the maybe 
what they're doing in Tokyo, or what they're doing in London, what yeah. they're doing in Paris. I heard uh, Netflix did that this year is like a fake countdown that you could just put on anytime so that your kids could see the stupid countdown and go to bed. <laughs> was kind of the idea of it. One thing I noticed... That kind of defeats the purpose yeah, of bringing yeah. in the new year if you're kind of faking it, if you're doing it at somebody else's time zone. Well, that was weird, too, because I'm at the kind of end of the line, so I kept getting, you know, like, Happy New Year. I think, like, Dan was the first one, and then I got a bunch of people from Toronto, and then, you know, finally, <laughs> it actually started happening here in Vancouver. And then I also got the worst, the worst Happy New Year text of all time of this one girl that works at the coffee shop. I was like, Happy New Year, Keith. Can you take my shift tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until like one in the afternoon or something so I was like yeah yeah okay <laughs> but it's easily the worst happy new year text I ever got one thing I noticed a little cultural difference between the cities is uh like on Twitter they um like if something's happening you know if enough people are tweeting about a little thing like it'll come up on the side of like what's trending right now and you can set it to different cities so I used to have it set to Toronto and now I've got it set to Vancouver but so many people in Toronto were tweeting about the LCBO, the liquor store, because it closes at six o'clock New Year's Eve and people were freaking out. It's like so many that even on my Vancouver feed, I was like, LCBO, what's this all about? So I clicked and it's just all these people like, ah, my God, the lines are horrible. I don't have my booze yet. What am I going to do? Whereas out here on the West Coast, all the liquor stores were open till like 11 o'clock, but nobody gave a fuck. Like, it was just like I said, like nobody seemed to be out really. And it was just a very, I was right downtown and it was like, well, I guess this is New Year's. I just think that's kind of funny. We're in Ontario. Everyone is just like, oh, my God, I got a drink. <laughs> and, yeah, like that's probably not coincidence, too, that, like, last year I just would go to Jason's house and fucking get drunk watching wrestling because it's fucking freezing and miserable. What else are you going to do? Where, yeah, I think it really does help out here that you can still just... There's other options. You're not just stuck inside being freezing. Yeah, and that's that's what it's like here. Like... As I say, it, it was a quite a nice night, but it wasn't a nice enough night that you'd want to be out doing any kind of outdoor partying. It's one thing if you got to get out and get walking home, um, as long as you got hats and mitts on and that kind of stuff. But you certainly want, wouldn't want to be sitting around somewhere outside. You'd get chillblains in your rear end. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that makes it even... Yeah, that's another thing with New Year's. It's like, I'm glad that we had just a little house to go hang out at somewhere. Because, yeah, trying to go to actual bars or places, like, yeah, boy, a lot of work. Fuck it. Fuck that. Man, that just makes me think... I gotta say, we're having great... Uh, we're So far, pretty nice winter here. It's been chilly, but not bad. Thank God for El Nino. I love him. Bring him <laughs> on. Yeah, that is nice, because that doesn't happen very often. I remember one time when I was still in junior high school... It was, it was only for a day or two, but it was, like, super warm in the middle of January. So uh, there was still snow everywhere. I was at Tim Martin's house, and we just, like, took lawn chairs out onto his front yard and just hung out out there in the snow, but it was warm. Oh, oh yeah. Like, man. The January thaw in January, there is nothing like it. It's wonderful. We're going to get one next week. It's going to go up to 8 or 10 here, uh, which you're probably saying, yeah, it's 8 or 10 here all the time. But, but here, yeah. that it's going to be wonderful. See, we haven't had it for the last couple of years. And our snow's not bad, and when I hear, if I hear another person whining about, they're not whining so much, but commiserating. I feel so sorry for people who like to ski and snowmobile. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> they want to ski and snowmobile, they can go further north. They got lots of snow up there. Man, that's the other thing that is just like, 
magical about the west coast like it's ridiculous is that there's that here too like the the mountains are all snow capped and they look awesome and yeah you can just take a bus and go go skiing <laughs> it's like so it's so unfair the west coast gets it so good yeah but they've got that earthquake tendency so yeah, yeah i guess yeah man that just made me think just saying about um going to Jason's house and drinking while we watch wrestling. That's one thing, too, I noticed the other day that's kind of cool is I mostly just kind of keep up on what's happening in Toronto through occasionally people just text me stuff or just I see what they're doing on Facebook. But it's cool to see weird little seeds that I sowed in Toronto still, like, sprouting into stuff where... uh, So my old roommate, Craig, and uh, and good old Matt Jenkins, of course, uh, you know, they met because they were, you know, I was doing that little podcast, Final Countdown, and when Matt moved to Toronto, like, it's like, hey, my friend Matt can be on the show. So that's how he met Craig, and they're starting, like, a little improv troupe or something. <laughs> I don't know if it's full-time or just for, like, to enter some kind of competition or something, but that's cool. And, like, you know, like, they each went to comedy improv classes independently and it's you know i had very little to do with all this but but i like that that it was the seed you know (laughs) like i was the start of that and uh the other one is so my friend jason like we'd watch wrestling and do a little podcast about it and i started looking up indie wrestling in toronto and i was like hey we should go to this so i took him to his first like toronto indie wrestling show and then we went a whole bunch until i moved and he kept going but from there he also started he started going to wrestling classes that they put on and he's like moved his way up so that he's their full-time ring announcer now like the guy who announces all the matches really yeah and i'm just like that is the coolest because like yeah i took him to his first fucking wrestling show you know a year and a half ago or something yeah it's neat it's neat to see stuff like that it's pretty cool maybe someday i'll you know Managed to build up some things here in Toronto. So far, not really. Yeah, maybe you'll be able to do more than Vancouver. plant a seed. Maybe you'll do a little for the growth yourself. Maybe that girl who walked by earlier will order a uh, Gilmore Girls shirt that I told her about. <laughs> <laughs> She'll become the head writer of. Oh, I heard actually. I heard Gilmore Girls might be coming back because Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, Netflix what, has. A, what a remake. Well, no, like new, uh, like a new season of it because new episode. Because Netflix just has all the money in the world, so they just bring back whatever they want. They're bringing back uh, fucking X Files, and they just they just do whatever they want. And uh, yeah, I heard that Gilmore Girls is on their platter of shows to just, or it's like you know, because they have analytics, so they can tell who's watching what. And I guess Gilmore Girls is real, real popular on Netflix. People just like marathon it and watch it like crazy. So would it be would it be mom and the same and the same daughter now is grown-up people yeah i mean just older yeah i know the uh the dad died but everybody else is still around so oh you mean like the, M- mr the, gilmore the, the girl's grandfather yeah right um who is that actor oh yeah herman um, something i think his name was oh yes um um yes he did die he died this year actually uh okay i can't remember his last name but it's herman with the double ends at the end yeah yeah, I just thought that was kind of neat. I actually still have never finished off the original Gilmore Girls. I think I only saw season up to three or something. <laughs> but but still, I don't know. That's kind of cool. Even though when these things come back, come back, like, they're generally not that good. There's this show, Arrested Development, that was, like, really popular and it was really good. And Netflix brought that back due to great fan demand. And it was fucking garbage. <laughs> it was so shitty. <laughs> it was another case of they should have let it go. But, but who knows? Maybe... Uh, Gilmore Girls, the next generation will be cool. 
Although she did a show in between called Bunheads about a ballet school, and I didn't like it. It got canceled immediately. This is the, the daughter you're talking about. I mean, the granddaughter. The, uh, the show writer, I mean. The, the creator who made oh, the creator. Gilmore Girls. Yeah, she had this other show. Because the know. girl that played the, the granddaughter in that, I've seen in quite a few things. Yeah, yeah, she's doing okay. She was in Mad Men for a while. I never yeah, kept up with Mad right. Men. that's right, she was in Mad Men. But I've seen it every once in a while. You see her in other things, too. She seems to have, you know, quite a well-rounded career. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Whereas the one that played the mother, her mother, like uh, that Laurel Lee or whatever, I right. go, oh, my God, I couldn't stand her. <laughs> There's something about her that, ugh. She was one of the, you know how uh, Seinfeld had a different girlfriend every episode of Seinfeld? So she was one of them back in the day. But other than that, yeah, I don't know what else she did. But anyway, I think that's all my stories, really. And Heather's musical, a bunch of dumb money, stupid shit, and a cool New Year's. And that's pretty much all I've been up to. Good. Well, I must let you go then, because uh, Neil told me about 20 minutes ago that he had made supper. Oh, <laughs> good, yeah, I guess that's Quarter a good... Quarter to nine now. That's Lovely time to be eating supper. Pretty good reason, I guess, to uh, cut it short. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, I guess I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and see if anything has happened since then. Okay. In that time. By then I'll have seen the Heather's musical, so I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, let me see how many how many uh, showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one way to get people to go with you, buy all the tickets. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too expensive, and yeah, it's just like, yeah, that would be, I think, a little much to try to talk people into it. And uh, it was like 15 bucks a ticket or something. It's like, whatever. And, uh, you, you know, you can't put a price on actually having people to hang out with you, <laughs> you know, and actually do stuff with you. Well, you can if you've been, and you did. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You bought the tickets. Yeah, the, that is the, the gesture, though, the gesture of goodwill. Yeah, the gesture of goodwill. As opposed to the gesture of, don't take my dish so... <laughs> That's and you're really older than too. these guys, too, and, you know, you... You don't probably have a whole lot more money than they do, but you have some. I think and I, yet, I think I actually do have. Kinda, if they're students and that sort of thing, they don't have a whole lot of money to burn. Yeah, due to their horrible debts. They, oh, well, that's another thing. I don't want to. Guess I shouldn't keep you from supper. But just uh, long story short, I was like, like last time I tried to get a credit card last year in Toronto, the guy was like, ah, we really can't because you have no source of like income that's, you know, like a job or whatever that's, uh, you know, that makes you a reliable person. So since I've been on the greatest stretch ever of, like, you know, working and having relatively robust paychecks because I can't get any damn time off, I was like, all right, I should, because I'm really going to start pushing for less working days soon. So I was like, all right, let me go try to get a credit card now while I've never looked better. You know, I've got a nice string of paychecks. I clearly work somewhere. And I still couldn't, like, just because of the no credit history. They just were like... Like, you need a cosigner. You literally, even though you're a 36-year-old man, you need your parents or somebody to cosign for this fucking card. Yeah, but, but and then it's so creepy because she's like, are you planning on going back to school? And I was like, no, not really. She's like, because you know if you go to school, there is no check. You just get to have a card. And I'm like, man, that is so, so creepy. Isn't that, that ridiculous? Yeah, that they won't give a relatively responsible adult a credit card, but they'll give somebody who's going to school and doesn't know what they're doing with their stupid lives, <laughs> you know, have a line of credit. Go fuck shit up, man. God. Yeah, uh, and it, it wouldn't even really work anyway, because really I just need it to pay for Airbnb when I go back to Toronto in the summer. Like I want to, you know, rent a place while I'm there through this Airbnb thing. 
So, you know, that is going to be like 800 bucks or something. And even the initial credit card, it's only 500 bucks. So like, it wouldn't even be enough for the one thing that I even need it for. So I'm like, well, whatever, I'll just keep living off the grid nuts to this. But I really couldn't believe it. I was like, that's, that's. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like there However, really is... if you want to cave in to conformity and you need somebody to guarantee you, yeah, let well, me know. I might do it like if I'm visiting home or something, but that's the other thing. It's like, unless I'm actually there with you, it's a huge pain. They have to do guarantors and all this fucking bullshit. Like, it's really not worth the effort. But if I'm back in Fredericton, yeah, like, I'll get one, I guess. Like, why not? Got to start somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it's like absolutely no... Um, individual like you know human thought in the process basically she just put all my info in the computer and was like the computer says no and i was like well fine <laughs> like i was like i'm not even gonna bother discussing this i'm just gonna say fine and go and yet you could go to university and owe debt of forty thousand dollars in no time at all and here that's why you owe it <laughs> here have a credit card yeah that that part really creeped me out like it really was like yeah like do like, I don't know, it's a school, it's so weird to me. It is like, I'm sure it's not school's intention, but it's become a, p- a part of going to school now is like to really rope yourself into society. Like tie yourself to this fucking whatever we have going on with a bunch of debt just to make sure you don't get too ornery. Like there's this comedian, Patrice O'Neill, this guy, he was he's dead now, but he was amazing. And one of his big things was like about how really what school does is it teaches you how to work for other people and it crushes your dreams because... He was on a radio show at the time and he's like, you know, like I'm a comedian, you guys are radio hosts. If you told anyone in school you wanted to do those things, they would be like, that's ridiculous. And they would crush your dream and they would just teach you to go work for someone else and not shake the boat and put you in debt to do it. And I'm like, Damn, you know, that's a cynical view, but he it's not it right totally wrong. Head, hasn't he? Yeah. And then hearing <laughs> that from the bank, like it was so eerie. It's like, I'm just like, I just can't, I cannot make it through this gauntlet they've set up. But if I was going to school, there is no gauntlet. Like, that's creepy. That's something weird going on there. I think it's conspiracy-minded of me, but I'm like, I don't know about this. This seems like they're just trying to get dumb kids to have debt. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, like this one girl, too. It's like a status symbol. One of the girls at the coffee shop was, like, talking about how she needed to get her limit raised a little bit to go on a cruise or something and they raised it like crazy she's got like an eight grand limit now on her credit card and she's like isn't that amazing eight grand but really that's like jesus if you ever used that eight grand and got eight grand in debt with a credit card you're so fucked <laughs> you work at a coffee shop <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's like scary. well i had one that uh and i got i got them to crank it right back i had one that they just automatically kept increasing over the years, I mean, I had, I just wasn't paying attention to it, and it was up to, um, God, fifteen thousand or twenty thousand. Right. Anyway, the problem with it was somebody stole that credit card. Oh man. And started cranking it up. Now, uh, and uh, it was a couple of days before I realized that it was gone because I never used the credit card much. Uh, anyway, I got I got that all sorted out, taken care of because I was able to prove that it was stolen and. But I looked at that thing and I said, oh my God, like, this is ridiculous. What if I, what if a whole lot of time had gone by or I couldn't prove that this had been stolen and the bill came back on me and somebody could go out there and spend $20,000 yeah, just you can, like, like that. And yeah. I might be responsible for it. So I said, look, I want that cranked right back. And so I think it's got a $5,000 limit on it now. Um, and they, But 
they, they, they kept trying to, oh, no, you need more, you know. You, what if I you said, need no, to go, I don't want more. What if you need and to go buy a car? Put on. Huh? <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, what if you need to just buy a car on your credit card? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the pressure that was, it was really intense. Like, oh, no, we, you know, and you really can't cut it back to, I said, well, I either cut it back to 5000 or guess what, she's gone. And uh, so then they did. And I said, and I don't want it to increase like that automatically either. It stays at that limit. If I want more, I'll go in and get more. So it's it's at that limit. But, I mean, it was a really dangerous thing. In this case, I was able to prove that it was stolen because the, there were video, there was video of the person who was using it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's how they, they tracked it down. Uh, and, and it was the... Uh, it was actually the bank that called me. That's how I realized it was gone. The bank called me because the bank, the card had hardly ever been used, and all of a sudden it was being used, 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 used. And uh, they they said, uh, have you been using your card? And I said, no, I haven't. I said, it's in my purse. And I went and looked in my purse, and it wasn't there. And so, the, but they had video of this person, and that person got charged. So I got, all of those charges were reversed on my card. I didn't pay any of them. <laughs> but it was a... Uh, that's basically where I, what I came down to at the end of it is like, what if I couldn't approve that? What if I had loaned that card to somebody? Um, what if I couldn't prove that it wasn't me who was who was using it? Especially nowadays, because you can you used to have to sign for your cards, but now if it's under, I forget now what the limit is, twenty bucks or whatever, you don't have to sign anymore. You just give them the card, and they swipe, and that's it. Yeah, or the tap, well, it, a little tap thing now. A lot of cards do. But if somebody kept using that, like, continually over and over and over and over, I mean, that, that 20 bucks could add up. You, if you knew enough about the cards to go places. Yeah, if that guy had been a little... Where you didn't have to sign. If that guy had been a little cooler about it, he probably could have got away with it for a lot longer. <laughs> just, like, just little tiny things here and there. That's so, uh, that's the other danger of having all these, you know, like, this girl saying, oh, isn't that great that I got that limit on my card? Uh, yeah, but you better keep your hands on that freaking card, because if it gets in the wrong hands, you just may be facing a debt. Because I've heard of people who do have to, they, they can't prove that it wasn't them who used the card, so or wasn't they end there, up with that debt. I guess it wasn't the same. It was the, I was thinking of that story of one of my cousins that uh, didn't sign out of a hotel properly, but I guess Oh, yeah, Matthew. Card. Yeah. But, uh, but I was <laughs> they, they moved into that was different uh, he uh, he had his father's credit card he had lined up that he had stayed at the hotel for overnight or whatever and when he left he left the key on the counter yeah and somebody it was in Winnipeg right and somebody whether it was somebody in the ho- in the hotel or worked at the hotel or somebody who came in off the street who knew but they took that the key or the little swiper or whatever and um, yeah, they, they lived in the in the hotel for about three weeks, and ordered up on room service and put it on the card number and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's rough. I don't know whatever happened with that. I must ask Greg someday if he ever got that sorted out. But uh, I was thinking too. It was too. a couple of thousand dollars that they were charging Greg on on his credit card because the hotel said that Matthew had never vacated the place. Right. But he had. He was on a bus going to Edmonton. Oh, the other guy was moving in. Yeah, the famous Canadian politeness did not work out in that case. Normally, you'd think you could just leave a key on a counter and it would be fine. <laughs> but, but I was thinking, too, with the credit card thing, it's like, uh, uh, you know, like most things, like I can get plane tickets and I can do most things. There's other ways, pay rent, whatever. It's just those occasional things like using Airbnb. There's just no way I can pay for it without a credit card. Like I used, uh, I think, one of Dad's credit cards when I came out here. 
So it's just like it's annoying for little things like that, like that are cut off to me that I can't do. But on the other hand, I was thinking like, in a way, the bank is like not wrong. Like I'm not, they're not going to ever make any money off me from a credit card because that's literally all I needed it for is I'm just like looking forward to this going back to Toronto in the summer. So, and that's it. Like I was going to use this credit card for one thing months from now and that's it. Like, so yeah, I was like, you know what? Fine. Fuck you guys. I'll just borrow dad's credit card again or whatever. But, but yeah, this is a little bit annoying. It's like, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm not getting a credit card. It's like, I got a well, job. What else do you want me to do? I got a miserable job. Yeah, that's right. Job. You're starting. You're starting. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway, so I should let you go so you can reheat your food. It's probably cold now. <laughs> All right. So I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Cool. And uh, happy new year. Same to you. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.